Hey guys, we even got to cover the shitty drafts like the uh, AFC South for fantasy football. So let's break down that division. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight, we are breaking down the AFC South for fantasy football. How excited are you to do the AFC South, Ryan? No, I don't I don't think it's as bad as you're thinking. You know, there's definitely worse divisions, so I don't I don't mind. I mean, it's a lot better than last year. There was a whole lot of nothing going on in that division last year. Um, and I think there's, you know, some Nice new exciting young players we could talk about tonight too. And guys, if you like what you see on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, make sure to like and subscribe to the show. Uh, if you're really shy and you need to listen to us in audio formats too, you can listen to us on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, and anywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you think it's absolute bullshit that me and Ryan are spewing out tonight at you, you can leave voice and hate mails at www.garbagetimeff.com. We have no problem playing them on the show, as Christian knows very well. No, nothing to that, Ryan? Nope, nope. Um, that, that's good for me. Also, guys, if you leave comments down here, right below on YouTube, or leave them on Garbage Time Fantasy Football on our Instagram, or on Twitter at Garbage underscore Time FF2, we'll respond to you that way, too. Uh, Ryan... I wanted to talk about, before we got into the news a little bit, there were some trades going on in our uh, Dynasty Leagues over the last few days, right? Yeah, you um, you got the ball. You kind of kicked it off and got everyone. I think I think our league, our Dynasty League, went dead for a little bit, and then, then you had that trade, and then it kind of started a... Uh, a snowball effect? Yeah, it's kind of... Everyone was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that we still have Dynasty. So, um, yeah, yeah some, some interesting ones. Yeah, so why don't you enlighten us on uh, your thoughts on these two trades that I made in our Dynasty League. One of them was with Rad Dad in our league. It was the sixth overall rookie pick in our Dynasty draft for T. Higgins. And then you can uh, tell us your thoughts on the second trade that happened between me and you. Yeah, so um, like you mentioned, you got T. Higgins for the sixth pick. Um I I really like the trade um for you. Mm-hmm. Um and I know JJ in the last episode, he's he's very high on T Higgins this upcoming season. You're you're maybe not quite as high, but you're still pretty pretty up there. Um I think getting that guaranteed talent, you know, someone that's already been in the lead already has shown that he can be a legit wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, getting that for the sixth pick, I think is pretty solid, um, compared to what might be expected to be there. Uh, and then for Brad dad, I mean, he's already got the first and second pick in this draft. So I think he's just kind of getting a whole young team just to develop that team. Um, but looking in a lot of my, some of my projections I've done at the number six pick, you possibly have like Chris Olave, uh, Jamison Williams, maybe. Um, Christian Watson, like some of those guys might be available there. So it's not awful. I mean, it could end up paying off for him, but you're also getting the guaranteed talent. Yeah, I 
I kind of like spot here too because T. Higgins is only 23 years old. He's in the offense that's, that's already been. He's very young. He's in an offense that's only up and coming with Joe Burrow there. Um, as JJ alluded to in our last episode, he's very high on him in this upcoming season. Um, his bold take, so it's a bold take, doesn't mean it'll actually happen. He predicted that he could actually outpace Jamar Chase this year, which would be very interesting if he could. But I see T. Higgins as potentially that 12 or 13 wide receiver on the league in many formats too. Kind of that new Keenan Allen coming into the league where you're going to consistently get that from him every year. And as we saw in week 16 last year, he's got the potential breakout games where he scored 46 points in most formats in most leagues last year. So I was really excited to be able to get him with the six overall pick. And um, while I don't think it was a steal, I think just having that proven talent over doing the lottery for it, which I probably would have ended up picking a wide receiver there anyway. I really like the value for it. So me throwing it out there and him accepting it, I was pleasantly surprised that he took it. So what happened with the second trade that happened in our dynasty league? Yeah. So the sudden trade I had, um, I sent you two second rounders, um, a very late 2022 second rounder, and then a wait and see 2023 second um, to get Michael Thomas and a 2023 third. Um, Michael Thomas, definitely a big question mark as far as injury goes, but absolutely has the wide receiver one upside when he's healthy. Um, as far as my draft pits, um, the 2023 pit doesn't bother me a ton just because I have so many first round pits. <laughs> I mean, because the way I see it, you have to have vacancies in your team to fill in order to be able to draft those guys. So like if I already have four first round pits, I mean, you might as well maybe try to get those, some of those later pits, try to get some players out of it. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a health thing for you. You kind of get rid of a guy that I think you probably had some doubts about that. You're not really as far as the team situation, as well as the injuries and you're, you're getting more draft capital. So I had taught, I acquired him uh, in a trade for a first round pick um, and Michael Thomas for Carson earlier in the season when another one of our league mates was desperately looking for a running back. And that was about a week before the neck injury that happened to Carson. You still um, won even with Thomas being injured. <laughs> still kind of feels like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Thomas being age 29 is someone that's going to be coming back. And I liked his potential during the season because there wasn't so many wide receivers there, Jarvis Landry and the rookie they just drafted. Um, going into this now, I think it puts a in a little bit more doubt what his role is going to be with the Saints. He could still potentially be a wide receiver one at the very low end of it, should he come right back into that role. But Jarvis Landry fills a similar role as to what he did with the Saints earlier in his career. Um, so is that talent still there with Michael Thomas? Yes, but I'm willing to go dart throw on a running back in the second round because it's more of a position of need for me and potentially take a wide receiver at three in the rookie draft, which looks like the way it's going to fall during our rookie drafts. So yeah. with me getting T Higgins in that spot, I felt like I could trade away Michael Thomas as the rest of the wide receivers on my roster were quite a bit younger. Yeah. And then there is one more trade that happened in our lead that I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Ron traded away his fourth pick, of this draft for J.K. Dobbins. So um, I love I love this trade on Ron's end for the reason that I believe in our league, you're going to see the top two running backs go off the board very early. I think somebody picks one and two. Um, I think I'll probably be taking a receiver number three. So him seeing kind of the tea leaves here 
him not potentially getting a running back after clearing out his roster in our Justin Jefferson trade early in the offseason makes a lot of sense for him here. Yes, is J.K. Dobbins a little bit risky, but the upside is just phenomenal with him, even with Gus Edwards on that roster. If J.K. Dobbins is healthy and gets a nice amount of volume in that part of the roster, you could see him potentially be high upside two running back with number one upside potential. It, it's a very high risk because of the injuries coming off, but his spot's there. So I, I think it's a good risk reward here for Ron, who, again, would have gotten a dark throw at number four, and we have a much better draft next year where I would rather take dark throws anyway. So trade away that pick now, get a running back, and take your chances. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, as you said, that it's basically the word in our lead is that the top two running backs are coming off the board immediately. Um, and Ron is kind of in a situation where he like needs a running back. Um, the rest of his roster is basically Nick Chubb, Rashad Penny, um, Giovanni Bernard, Devontae Freeman, Kenyon Drake, Kareem. Uh, so basically no running RB1s are on his team. Um, so I think he's in a position where he kind of needed to take that risk. So I think it was a smart move on his part. Yeah, not only that, I mean, if Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are going to go off at one and two, there's no, no one else worth taking in the top five of the running back position. I mean, some may argue James Cook, but I am not in that boat where I am taking him that high. I'm afraid that he could fall into a committee. Um, in some other leagues, especially with Buffalo Bills fans, he may end up going six or seven, but definitely not the number four pick. So the value there would be trading away for a veteran running back, which he did there. And I think that was a good move on his part. No, I like it. I really like that move. Um, as much as it, since it's Ron, I wanted to be able to have him do a terrible trade, but he didn't. So, All right, with that, Ryan, you ready to get into the news? Let's do it. News updates. All right, first little bit of news that we have for tonight is something that came out on Monday night. Uh, Panthers are getting desperate to trade for Baker Mayfield, according to league sources. Is there smoke here, or what are your thoughts on this? No, I think it's legit. I think that they are looking at it. Um, I think it's coming down to money, um, how how much or how little is each team willing to pay of that contract. Um, I know before that – a report came out that teams were essentially just waiting for the Browns to release Baker and then go and try to pick him up. Um, but it looks like the Panthers might be trying to get the jump on that. And it's just, it's just money right now. I don't know if this is just because they kind of have gone through their voluntaries and a little bit of the OTAs now and just don't like what they see out of Sam Darnold. But how funny would it be considering that both of these guys came out of the same draft that they end up on the same roster competing for a starting job? Um, yeah. And I like Baker more than Sam Darnold, that's for sure. Yeah, my gut here is, is I actually think that the Browns are the one pushing this narrative. I don't think the Panthers really have a lot of interest to trade for him because I think the gut feeling out of there and potentially the 49ers is, is that Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo could be cut based on where they are because I don't think teams are going to get value for him this year. And I think they are trying to push for Seattle to trade for him. So I don't think the Panthers are desperately trying to trade for them. I, I think this is actually uh, smoke coming out of the Browns camp, not from the Panthers. 
Um, that hasn't been confirmed, and you obviously have a different opinion on that, but I think that would be kind of interesting to see how this works out over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where do you see Baker Mayfield's uh, fantasy value being if he ended up on the Panthers squad? Ooh. Um, I mean, it's definitely higher than uh, Sam Darnold's. Um, <laughs> I, think I don't think Robbie Anderson would want to retire anymore. <laughs> exactly. I think it, and I was about to say, I think it would help out um, a lot of the receivers more so than than Baker. Um, fantasy football wise, I don't think he's going to be really relevant. Um, finished twenty fifth last season, I believe. Uh, I just, I just don't ever see him breaking into that top twelve where you're going to be really looking at him for fantasy football. I would still call him a fantasy irrelevant. I, I think he's something better than the streamer against bad defenses. Okay. It, it doesn't feel like it's really much relevant here. But, I mean, in the offseason, something interesting to talk about and something you still have to gauge for fantasy football because there's tons of players all the time that we think will do nothing and then they end up winning weeks. So you still True. have to pay attention to all this. Uh, next little bit of news I have up here is Jordan Palmer is playing with the ones and the Chargers, and it seems like he is stacking out in front of all the other wide receivers, uh, especially Guile, out there with the Chargers. Is this something interesting to talk about going into OTAs, or should we just ignore this until training camp? Yeah, I'm just ignoring it until training camp. Uh, do you think Jordan Palmer's got potential at the wide receiver three position for such a high-powered offense, or is this someone that you're just going to completely look away from when it comes to drafts? Yeah, he's probably not going to be on my radar for the, for the drafts, if I'm being honest. I think he's someone that I could potentially look at towards the end of drafts, maybe that last round flyer or second to last round flyer before we get to the DSTs and kickers, God forbid, during your league. Uh, next little bit of news we have is Commander said they would be absolutely nuts to trade Terry McLaurin. Is that boy staying in Washington land? And is he going to get a contract? Oof. That's tough. I. I really get the vibe that they have no intention of trading him or letting him leave. Um, I think eventually they worked out. I think it's just a money a money battle right now. All right. And then Logan Thomas appears to be questionable for week one. Is he just completely off your radar at this point? Are we just done with the Logan Thomas experiment and the Washington Commanders? Yes. So he falls into the twilight zone that is the tight end position of the NFL. Yeah, I mean he's not. I don't. I don't see any value there. All right, and uh, yeah. By the way, it's not Kenneth Walker anymore. It has been determined by Sleeper. He wants to be called Ken Walker now. So we got to right. stop calling him Kenneth Walker. Fair so. enough. When we, when we get to the NFC West, we will give you the correct name. All right, Ken. Without that and without further reasoning, let's get to the divisional breakdown of the AFC South today. How do you like the Earth, Russ? JJ hates it. That's amazing. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it makes him feel uncomfortable. It makes him sweat a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I'm yeah. Gonna... Sorry. It's here to stay. All right. So first team we're going to talk about tonight is the Colts. How's that sound like? Sounds good. 
All right, so first question I've got for you on the Colts tonight is, can Michael Pittman elevate his game to become a top eight wide receiver in fantasy football now that Matt Ryan's on the team? Yeah, so uh, it's such a very good question. Um, so my thing, I don't think so. I think he stays right in the range where he's where he kind of was at last season. Uh, unfortunately, I've been wrong on Michael Pittman before, JJ. <laughs> if you remember that, but I don't. I don't think Matt Ryan's as much of an upgrade from Carson Wentz as a lot of people um, are thinking. Their numbers last season were actually pretty comparable. Uh, Wentz had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Ryan had 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Um, granted, Ryan didn't have a true wide receiver one last season. Um, but before that, he was used to having like Julio and Ridley. Um, and I don't I don't know if Pittman's really in that same lead. Uh, so I, I think Pittman remains in that wide receiver two range. I'm going to say Pittman elevates his game, but just based on his sheer talent – and in spite of Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, honestly, I do think he falls kind of into that range of Carson Wentz. Uh, he just looks a lot better when he's playing because he's a more conventional quarterback, and you just have to close your eyes with Carson Wentz. Um, Pippen's going to have another year in the league, still fairly young, and, I mean, he's just going to keep getting more comfortable with the Colts. So I think he could elevate himself into more of that, uh, I'm going to say 13 to 15 range, so just outside of that one wide receiver one position there too. But, I mean, he there's reason to believe he could potentially become a top eight wide receiver because he's definitely the alpha at that position with the Colts, and Matt Ryan's going to have to get a repertoire with someone. So I, I think it's in the range of outcomes, but unlikely at this point. Yeah, that's pretty much like he finished wide receiver 17 last season. And like I said, I feel like pretty much see him falling in that same ballpark. So around 15, give or take a couple, is pretty much where I see him ending up. All right, next question on the list. Is Jonathan Taylor the top running back with Matt Ryan now in town potentially taking some of that workload off his back? Um, yeah, so like like I said before, um I view that I view Ryan and Wentz pretty similar. Um I think I think it stays the same. Uh when you have Jonathan Taylor, you're still gonna have to use him. I think he still remains um the top running back. So this again is in spite of Matt Ryan coming to the Colts then. Yes. Yes. Can any can anyone challenge him for that top spot or is he the undisputed king this year? Um, well, you know, if you have Derrick Henry that's actually able to play all 16 games, obviously that's uh that's something that like I mean if Derrick Henry's playing a full 16 games, then that's he's untouchable. Um Austin Eckler will probably be right up there with him. Um mm -hmm. Najee had a solid, solid season. So, I mean, there's definitely guys that will stay in the, in the running. Um, but I, I think he's definitely probably the one right now. Okay. Next question. Is Matt Ryan easily fadeable this year? I think you've given the answer to that, even being in an, in a new offense with the Colts. Yeah. I'm unless, unless it's a super futz lead. If it's a super futz, futz lead, I think he's worth a look, but if not, I don't, I'm not really loving it. Um, 2019, he was quarterback 11. 2020 with Ridley, he was quarterback 12. So he was he was like a fringe quarterback one. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably fade him. I think he's kind of in an interesting spot here because there is teams that do have questionable secondaries, 
in this division, uh, specifically the Texans, and who are young and inexperienced, could be a little better this year now that they drafted one of the top three. Um, and they could take advantage of the Titans secondary too, which is lacked in years too. Um, so I think there is matchups where you could potentially stream him, but yeah, I think he's easily fadeable and isn't going to be in the top 12 of quarterbacks this year. So I agree with you on this sentiment too. And last conglomerate question that I've got for you on the Colts is about a lot of players here. There's been rumors about Naheem Hines, coaches saying that you should draft him in fantasy. Jack Doyle's still floating out there and they drafted Alex Pierce at the wide receiver too. Do you want to highlight any of these guys? Do you like any of them? Yeah, so I actually really like uh, Naheem Hines, like you said, just based off of the coach's comments. Um, and last season, it's worth noting that Matt Ryan did lead all quarterbacks in percentage of passes thrown to a running back. Um, Patterson. Yeah, right. Um, and as we know, Hines is kind of their receiving back on that team. Uh, you want, is it, is it, you know, he's entering his 14th season or just finished his 14th season? Is it, is it kind of making up for a lack of arm strength? You see, as quarterbacks get older, they might check down a little bit more. Um, so I, I do like Hines this, this season. Um, personally out of these three, my favorite on here is the rookie Alex Pierce. So he's an interesting player from the standpoint of uh dynasty. I don't think this year in regular redraft. I don't think he's going to have much value with Matt Ryan there, but I think he's kind of got the body type to hang around in the NFL for a while there too. And with Pittman being on that team, should they go another direction in a few years off Matt Ryan, I think you could see that attention getting taken off someone like Alex Pierce, where you could see him become a T Higgins. I I could really see that potential for him. Uh, So I think he's someone you could target in your dynasty rookie drafts. If you haven't done them yet or later in your rookie drafts, if you're having startups this year. So um, out of these three players, my favorite is Alex Pierce on this list, I think. Awesome. I like it. All right. Next team we're going to jump into here is the Tennessee Titans. So big elephant in the room is A.J. Brown is gone. So first question, yeah, it's quite an elephant. So can Traylon Burks replace the productivity of A.J. Brown as a rookie or at least come close for fantasy owners this year? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. I think that, so kind of like a short answer, I think is yes, but, um, I see this is definitely cheating. I think Traylon Burks takes a little bit of time to get used to the offense. I think we didn't see Robert Woods as kind of the wide receiver one for the first few weeks of the season. And then you're eventually going to see it turn to Traylon Burks. Um, Brown was, you know, obviously took up a good chunk of, Productivity um, finished with roughly, I think it was like 860 yards and some change last season out of 13 mm-hmm. games. So that's that's pretty solid average. Um, and I I could see I can definitely see Traylon Burks coming close to that or in that ballpark. But I think Robert Woods might benefit initially while Traylon kind of acclimates to the offense and just the NFL in general. If I couldn't have gotten more of a middling, that was definitely a shit take because I couldn't have gotten more of a middling answer from you. There was that was the safest answer I've heard in the last few weeks. So you can definitely tell you're back on the show. Listen, safe doesn't mean it's a bad take. It just means it's a safe take. Um, but 
but what what all that is obvious that you know Traylon Burks is going to take some time to adjust probably, and in in that time, Robert Woods is going to be the main beneficiary. So you mean the real answer is is no, he won't, not initially anyway. Right. Yes. <laughs> so right. my answer is no for the first part of the season, and yes for the latter part. Is okay. That, is that better? If that's the case, we'll skip over to another question then, too, and talk about Robert Woods since you've already mentioned him. Does Robert Woods still have wide receiver two potential with the Tennessee Titans, even coming off an injury last year? I think yes, um, especially because, I, like I said, I see him kind of being the wide receiver one until Traylon Burts kind of gets gets a handle on the NFL. Um, I honestly think you're correct on the sentiment, too, and I really do like Robert Woods. We saw it last year. He still has it. He started off a little bit slow, and then we saw the Rams acclimate him a little bit more and start feeding him targets, and that's when he started producing for fantasy owners last year too. Um, Traylon Burks being a rookie, I do think you're right in your sentiment that it's going to take him a little bit to acclimate. Um, long-term, I think he can definitely play on the level of A.J. Brown, um, who up to this point in his career hasn't gotten 1,100 yards in the season yet. Um, he's more of that red zone kind of target. So I think that Robert Woods could feast in that offense and potentially lead to Ryan Tannehill being a top 12 QB this year. I really like Robert Woods in this offense and, you know, they have a nice rookie on the other side right there um, and a hell of a running game to take the pressure off those guys. So with that next question then too, can Ryan Tannehill be a top 12 quarterback, Ryan Warner? Um, yeah. So I'm going to say yes. He's he's always, like, the past couple of seasons has been right in that, like, 12 range, give or take. Um, I think he actually finished QB 12 last season. Um, so, I, yeah, I think, he, I think he falls basically right in that same ballpark somewhere. What's his ceiling, then? I'll say, like, I think I – don't, I don't see him going above, like, QB 7. Above QB 7? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's right. A, he's a fringe player right on that top 12, too. Um, honestly, I think I would like him a little bit less than, say, someone like a Kirk Cousins, who I think has more weapons in that offense and more players he can throw to, too. So I'm a little bit more excited for a player like Kirk Cousins or maybe a quarterback that's got a little bit more running ability than Ryan Tannehill. But I, I think he could be right on that fringe if you miss out on all these quarterbacks and need to draft one a little bit later. He's safe. Yeah. He's definitely a QB2 on your roster. If you're willing to carry a QB2, you don't always have to in fantasy football. Safe is the name of the game with Ryan Tannehill. Yes. All right. And the big Sasquatch in the room, not the elephant. Can Derrick Henry stay healthy for the entire year? And if not, who fills in for him? Hassan Haskins and Dontrell Hilliard. Um, yeah, so I said probably not. I mean, every year, obviously, you get older. His usage rate is insane. So unless they come up with a serious change of game plan where they're using him less, um, his usage rate is still going to be through the roof. Um, I think initially Hillard would probably get the early look for the um, for the work if Henry did go down. Um, and then depending on how he does, you might see Haskins fill in there. So you're evaluating Derrick Henry as if he's not going to play every game this season. Um, yes. If – that plays out like that. Where are you putting him among fantasy football running backs currently? Is he the number two on your list, or are you elevating some of these other guys above him? Are we talking dynasty or just snake? Like redraft? Give us both formats. 
Um, yeah, Dynasty, I think there's a lot of running backs I would look at instead. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Najee Harris, I would put Najee above him. Um, Definitely in for, Dynasty. For, yeah, and then Redraft, I mean, I, I, I like Jonathan Taylor more. I might even take Najee over Derek Henry in a redraft, um, even though he's kind of entering in a weird team situation coming up. Um, even Eckler, man. I really Eckler, what about Cook? Cook is another one, though, that has the injury issues. Um, Surprise, Derek Henry? So you're really dropping Derek Henry towards top five then as opposed to top two yeah yeah this, this like, might be one of your bolder takes that we've had up to this point i'm fading on him hard i probably shouldn't be fading on him as much as he is but i am just because like uh reliability it's what about joe mixon i would take derrick henry over joe mixon i think is there anyone else you would elevate above him <laughs> no, that's probably it. All right. Maybe later in the episode, we'll have to bring up the list of the uh, top 12 and get a few more names on you because that's that's a really interesting take. And I want to kind of dive into that a little bit more, too. Maybe that'll be on your bold takes episode, you, huh? You, you just want me to dig myself a hole, don't you? A little bit. You don't <laughs> dig many, you don't dig yourself many holes. So we need to get some good takes on it. But when I do, I commit. That hole is going <laughs> to be deep by the time I'm done. <laughs> Glad to hear it. All right, you ready to move on to the Texans? Um, yeah, you you had um on on the description that you sent me. You had one more possible um Titan. I'll touch on him real quick. Austin Hooper, whether yep. he's viable, I I don't think so. I think I mean you got Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, then Derrick Henry still. Um, I don't see much work for Austin Hooper really. So I I don't think it's viable. I see him as so not viable. I was actually just going to skip over the question. I think you can completely fade the tight end position for the Tennessee Titans. Yes. We we played this game with Berkser last year, and it just didn't work out. So I don't see Austin Hooper changing that or changing anyone's mind. Agreed. All right, so now let's talk about the Houston Texans, where last year you really just didn't want anything on this roster. I think there's some interesting pieces on this roster coming into this year. Um, I think I think they're going to be behind in a lot of games again this year. Defense will be a little bit better, but still be behind because they're a young roster looking to improve, as there is a lot of teams in the league looking like that. So first interesting piece is Mr. Consistency and Mr. Underappreciated every single year, Brandon Cooks. He's obviously a sleeper, wide receiver too. He is every fucking year, and we always never give him the credit. Does he potentially have wide receiver upside if uh, Mills picks up his game this year? Yeah, a lot of it's going to depend on Mills, but um, like you said, he's so consistent. I'll absolutely take a shot on Brandon Cooks anytime. If if I see him sitting there and I'm wondering in that wide receiver two range, like you said, in the last, so he's been, in the last seven seasons, he's had six seasons of those of a thousand plus yards, despite finding himself on several different teams. He just keeps going. Yeah. yeah, the issue with that is is you need touchdown viability with the 1,000 yards because the 1,000 yards puts you right at wide receiver three positioning. But he does right. get those touchdowns, and he does exactly. get a large volume of targets. 
So I think he's a very viable wide receiver for Zoom. We all highly disrespected him last year when we just came to the year and we were like, God, he's just not going to do anything. But it doesn't matter who is at the quarterback position with him. He always produces. And I don't understand why teams never want to hang on to him. At least he seems like he's found one that finally wants to hang on to him. Yeah. And um, like you said, the touchdowns, like I think last season, he only had six um, finished wide receiver 20. Um, still puts him in that, you know, that kind of fringe wide receiver two range. Um, so I think he stays right there. Who would you rather have, Mike Williams or Brandon Cooks? Ooh. I think I'm going to go Mike Williams um, just because of the team that he's on. Yeah, yeah that Chargers offense is fucking phenomenal. And I, I love what I saw from him at the beginning of last year, too, and I would hope to catch lightning in a bottle with that, too. Yeah. Although I, I love Brandon Cooks this year, too, uh, even with Mills at quarterback. So with that discussion – of Mills and us both agreeing that he is a good wide receiver two option. I think Cooks could potentially be the wide receiver 12. It wouldn't surprise me. It's in his range of outcomes with them being behind in so many games. Do we think his counterpart at the quarterback position, Davis Mills actually has upside for fantasy football in the subseason? And if not, no. where do you see him in dynasty? No. Um, yeah. So as far as redraft, I say, no. In Dynasty, I'm still going to say no. I think the Tetsons are going to be looking to probably draft a, draft a quarterback once they get their butts kicked all season. So even though you saw a handful of games last year where he broke into the top 12 with very strong upside, do you have no interest in Davis Mills in Dynasty formats? Nope, don't believe in it. Nope. You think they're going to be looking to take someone else in this 2023 draft? Yeah, because, I mean, like, like you might like – Defenses haven't got a chance to study him a ton yet or really look at him. And once you see that team start doing that, you're going to see that you're, you're probably going to see him drop off quite a bit. Yeah, but in dynasty formats, it doesn't necessarily mean he's got to be the guy for the Texans. You don't think he could pick it up somewhere else? Maybe be well, like Ryan Joe, Fitzpatrick around the league? Joe, I will gladly let you draft him. Don't worry, I don't want to draft him. I'm just trying to get you to say that you would potentially draft him. I think Mills could have some good weeks this year, um, just based on the fact that he's going to be playing behind in a lot of games. But I think this is another one-year rental. So you'll you'll he'll start again this year, and I think they'll pick someone in 2023, as you're saying. They'll probably win somewhere around four to five games. I don't think they'll be nearly as ugly as they were last year. Um, but, you know, they'll get a nice young rookie quarterback and build on that. Like many other teams are going to into this upcoming year. So... Upside for Mills in Dynasty is minimal. You can take him towards the end of your draft as he's a quarterback, and they're very, very important in super flex league. So if he does work out, you got a good quarterback. That's great. Look like a genius, and I'll look stupid. Exactly, and it was on very little capital too. Yep. And if not, you throw him to the waiver wire. So you know, take your shot if you can late in drafts. If not, ignore him and redraft because you're not going to need him. So next question I've got for you, Ryan. We're going to talk about some more young studs on this roster. Out of these three players, John Mechie, Nico Collins, and Brevin Jordan, which one is your favorite to actually do something for fantasy football this year? Um, so towards the end of the season, I really liked what I saw from Nico Collins. Um, you saw him get quite a bit more usage. Uh, his his snap count went up quite a bit. Um, I think he was at like 60% or more in the final seven games. Uh, also, like you mentioned, combine that with the fact that Houston will likely be playing from behind a lot. Um, 
I think those are all good things for Nico Collins. I like Brevin Jordan out of this list, and I think he's being highly undervalued by many, many fantasy owners coming into this year. He established himself as the red zone target for Mills last season. They will be playing from behind a lot, and I think they're Mills is going to be driving them down the field a lot, and Brevin Jordan is going to be his security blanket. I see someone who Brevin Jordan, as a rookie, played well at the tight end position and show that he belongs in this NFL league, potentially being in a top eight tight end. Um, I don't think he's going to be someone that many people will draft in redraft. He's someone you may be able to get in dynasty formats later on. Um, I, I think he's a dark horse to be a very good tight end this year. I really like Brevin Jordan out of this list. I like what you're saying with Nico Collins there, too. I think he's got some talent. You can pair him along with Brandon Cookswell. Um, there's a lot of good young talent on this roster at the skill positions. Yeah, I think um, I think as far as like winning, the Tatsons aren't going to be very good to watch, but I think watching some of these young guys will, have, will be really fun. Yeah, not a lot of people will be watching them unless uh, you're into fantasy football and they're on your rosters which not a lot of these guys will be on your rosters. You're looking at, like we said, probably Cooks. You're probably looking at Jordan, maybe Collins if you're in a real deep league. But uh, let's talk about another player that could potentially be on your roster because um, one of these guys have to emerge at the running back position. So there's Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, and I think the answer here for most of us, Damian Pierce, who's going to get the lion's share of carries in this backfield. You're gonna hate me, but like, I couldn't even answer this question. Like, I don't, I wouldn't touch this backfield with a ten foot pole. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, not, I don't think any of them have are ranked like in the top twenty five or top thirty at their position. I think you're nuts to even say that. I, I think David Pierce is the clear number one in this backfield just based on talent alone. Marlon Mack, talented, yes, comes off injuries. And Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. I'm not expecting a lot from Rex Burkhead. And Damon Pierce has shown in college that he belongs and plays with the big boys here. So I really think he could potentially take that job starting in week one and maybe not be a bell cow, but get the lion's share of carries here, potentially somewhere in the range of 55 to 60% of carries here. All right, so you drafting him? Yeah, I would, I would more than be willing to be able to draft him in the later part of drafts. In All, right. Draft. All right, man. Yeah, so, you know, when the auction league comes up and you're uh, wanting to drive up a price on me and someone I'm wanting to spend 3 or $4 on, that's probably the guy. No, oh, I'm making a note. Don't you worry. <laughs> I could potentially see you doing that. Um, and while Ryan's over there taking care of what it looks like his dogs in the background, uh, I will cover a little bit of the Jacksonville Jaguars and give my take to Trevor Lawrence. I honestly believe that Trevor Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars is not going to finish the top 12 in either dynasty formats or in redraft this year. Um, dynasty football wow. dad said that he sees Trevor Lawrence potentially finishing in the top 12 of quarterbacks, but I'm not a believer in him. I think Trevor Lawrence is not even going to be a quarterback two this year. I think Jacksonville's offense is going to sputter. They're going to fall behind, and you'll see him finish somewhere between 25 to 32. I, I, I don't like what I saw from Trevor Lawrence last year, and I think the weapons around him 
are going to elevate his game. Well, apparently Ryan can hit the shit takes button too because maybe he thinks Trevor Lawrence can be a top 12 quarterback this year. Um, so the that that clip is for you, Sajak. You don't even think he's a QB two? No. That no, nope. Um, I agree with um with our guest on the show. I I could see him possibly finishing in the top twelve. I definitely think he's he finished. He's he's at least QB two. Um, you got Christian Kurt, Treadwell, Jones Jr., Chanel on the receiver. Oh, so a lot of re, a lot of retread players they had yeah. last year. Outside of Kirk, you got Evan Ingram, ETN. Stone hands. Listen, I, we will get to Evan Ingram. All right, he he gets a lot of flack that is undeserved. Right, and now that he's not on the Giants, I'm willing to defend him. Um, Ryan, there was a six or seven week period from October to November where he threw one touchdown. I'm not saying that wasn't a lot of on that shitty coach that he had that needs to stay in college and stay out of bars. And but not, not that was really concerning, and his mechanics may be fucked up from the get-go. I'm very worried about Trevor Lawrence this year. No, I think you're sipping the haterade too much. I, I don't think I am. I think yeah. he's going to be overvalued a lot, and I think people are going to regret taking him this year. I'm not seeing Peyton Manning. I, I don't see him in the top 12 this year. But you don't even see him as a QB2. No. That There's is, a lot of other QB2s I would rather take. That is blasphemy. And you think it's my shit take, huh? I do. Are you going to shit take me back? Um, Fabian of the Heckling fandom says, yo, do you remember? Fabian, we do remember you. Of course we do. You were here last episode. Unless you're about to ask something else. <laughs> I remember everything. Um <laughs> Wow. Do you do you not like the name Trevor? Is it a name thing? No, it's not a name thing. It's he just looked like shit last year, even as a rookie. Yes, I understand he was a rookie. I just don't like what I saw from him. But he, had he was not he, he was it doesn't matter. His mechanics were just absolutely terrible. At least with the other quarterbacks, specifically the other three, you saw progress later in the season. I mean, Fields so, looked pretty decent. Fields looked pretty decent towards the end of the year. Last year. He finished QB twenty two. So you're basically putting him. Fabian, I agree. I like Tua better than Trevor Lawrence. Listen, we all know Joe loves Tua, but <laughs> so last year he finished QB twenty two. You're saying he's either going to be basically exactly the same or actually be worse than last year. Yes. Worse. Potentially. Unbelievable. I don't. Maybe I should have included that in my bold takes episode. That I yeah, think. No, that's I, I I think. Out of the rookie quarterbacks for this upcoming year, I would probably take him four or five. Jeez. Jeez. I would probably have Trey, Trey Lance number one. Then I'm going to be a homer and say Zach Wilson. Justin Fields would probably be number three. I like his passing ability there, even though I think he's going to struggle a little bit this year. Mac Jones, who's a quarterback too. Good, good for the Patriots, but not necessarily good for fantasy football. And Trevor Lawrence, I just don't like what they're putting around him. Um, Christian Kirk, I think, is a decent wide receiver. I do. Definitely not worth $23 million a year. But Evan Ingram's just a shitty tight end. I, I don't like him, and you're just bringing back 
a ton of the same other wide receivers that you brought back last year. Yes, he's got a better offensive line. He may have ETN, but I don't like his mechanics. I think he's going to be a bust. All right, JJ, save this clip for the for the end of the season next year. When? All right, Fabian's got a yeah. Fabian's got a question for us. So, how is Jarvis's production going to be with Michael Thomas? So, Ryan, what's your thoughts on this? You kind of you touched on it briefly. You said they're trying to do like almost a little bit of the same thing. Um, I think <clears throat> I think they both do fine. I think Jarvis does fine. I think. Um, I don't know. I'll say a wide receiver three. Yeah, I think he's a high-end wide receiver three, potentially with wide receiver two. It's if he takes that rollover for Michael Thomas. Um, listen, they drafted Chris Olave. They now have Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. This is a very interesting wide receiver core that's never worked together, so we don't know what it's going to look like with Jameis Winston, who is that Brett Favre-style kind of quarterback. Um, who I think can maintain fantasy relevancy for two out of three of these guys. I don't think he can for all three. Um, I'm going to doubt on Chris Olave a little bit this year just for the fact he's going to be a rookie. But I think long-term he's going to be the top-end guy out of all three of these because you'll see Thomas fade out as the oldest guy. And Jarvis is up there in age a little bit too. But for this year, I think I like Thomas and Jarvis better. And I think both could have some fantasy relevancy this year. All right. All right, next question I've got for you here. Yes, I am fading on Trevor Lawrence as outside of the quarterback two range, but I think he can give value to some of these guys, specifically one. So has Christian Kirk robbed the Jaguars blind, or can he live up to that $23 million contract as a wide receiver one, or do we like other factors such as Zay Jones? Um. So can I still think he robbed them, but think that he'll still be pretty decent for fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So he's got a good agent. That's for sure. Yeah. So I definitely think he robbed them. Um, they overpaid a lot. Hasn't even had a thousand yard season. Um, and now he's making top 10 wide receiver money. I don't, I don't think he becomes a top 10 wide receiver in one off off season. Um, I still think he'll be good for fantasy. Absolutely. I think he'll be solid to have on your fantasy team, especially if the number of pass attempts that Trevor Lawrence gets this year is comparable to last year. Um, I think he ranked like seventh in QB pass attempts last season. Um, so he had quite a few pass attempts. Um, so I, I definitely like Christian Turk for fantasy. I do not like him for the Jaguars salary cap. Same answer. Um, I do like him for fantasy. He, Trevor Lawrence has got to throw it to someone. Um, and I think that player will be Christian Kirk. Um, I see him as a low-end wide receiver, too. So more of that range of somewhere between 20 and 24. But I think he's going to be consistent there. He has shown with the Cardinals that he can be a good wide receiver in this league in a wide receiver room that was also crowded a little bit. Um, so Christian Kirk, while well, he robbed them blind. <laughs> and took the bag from them. Uh, he's going to be good for fantasy football this year, uh, even with Trevor Lawrence giving similar numbers, I think, to what he did last year and being a big disappointment. Yeah. No, yeah. nothing? No, we, we agreed. We we agreed. We're, we're getting over our little argument there, and we're starting to agree. No, sorry. I was trying to bait you on Trevor Lawrence again. Uh, what do you think of Zay Jones? Um. Uh, I don't 
I don't know, because you, you got Chanel, Dad Jones Jr. Um, Fade his ass. Probably, maybe flats. You know what I mean? Like a latest streamer kind of situation. Fabian's got another question. Juju Smith-Schuster, number one wide receiver for the Chiefs? For fantasy football, no. I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. Um, he falls more into that wide receiver three range, I think. I yeah. think there's enough there. Sky Moore. Um, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, tra Travis Kelsey is really the answer for one, two, and three. I mean, Juju's talented, um, but I think he falls more into that wide receiver three range where they're going to be playing him as a slot. So historically, one wide receiver is potentially nice and juicy for the Chiefs, but wide receiver two has really never done anything for this team. And I think Juju's going to be the wide receiver two on this team. Listen, they gave him a one-year contract for a reason. And they gave other guys three-year contracts for a reason. So no, I don't think that Juju's going to be that guy. If he gets a nice repertoire with Patrick Mahomes, they could potentially resign him, yes, and I understand that. But there is a reason you give him a one-year contract. So I think they're going to potentially look elsewhere, like rookies like Sky Moore. So we'll just keep it at that for now until we get to that division. All right, next question I got for you, Ryan. Is Travis Etienne a potential running back one this year? And is James Robinson a fade based on last year's injury being so late in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, I, I could see it happening where ETN could become an RB one. Um, would I bet my paycheck on it? Probably not. Um, Cause he's I, also coming off an injury, but I would fade Robinson. I think. So me and Ron have a disagreement this year saying that James Robinson is going to have no viability this year. Yes, early in the season, I believe that'll be the case. But I think when November potentially rolls around, I think James Robinson could be a nice flex running back for you if you take him and if you sit on him and you're willing to be patient with him. People have doubted him his first two years, and he's still very young, so I think he's going to bounce back from this injury just fine, even though it's a little bit of a weird injury that not a lot of players come back from very easily. As for Travis Etienne potentially being a running back one, yeah, I actually could see this being one of his outcomes. I don't think it's very likely, but where he's being taken now more in that running back two range and the lower end of the running back two range, I think this is in his range of possibilities. Like Trevor Lawrence was his teammate. They've got familiarity with it. And if Trevor Lawrence is sucking ass, like I'm talking about, you may be throwing a lot of screens to Travis Etienne this year. Um, I think – Really, he's their most talented running back on the roster that's not hurt currently. So he's going to get the rock early and often. He's going into his second year, and the Jaguars are going to want to see what they've got with this kid. So I like Travis DTN coming into the season. Nothing? Yeah, I already, no, I already said my part. I already, I already said my part. You just copied me, basically, is what happened. Yeah, I, I guess. And I probably like, copied you on this last question, too. No, you won't, because we we are at a severe a severe uh, disagreement here. All right, is Stone Hands Evan Ingram a viable tight end this year, or do we like Dan Arnold better? You need to leave Evan Ingram alone. All right, twenty has sucked his whole year. Twenty twenty career outside of one year. Oh my god, twenty twenty Daniel Jones threw like eleven touchdown passes all season. Okay, that's not Evan Ingram's fault. All right, Daniel Jones sucks. 
And then 2021, he Jones was dealing with some injuries or whatever. He he gets Glennon and Fromm. What's he supposed to do with that? Like, give give the guy a break. I am I am all for Evan Ingram. I will. He he is going to be fine. And what's if, fine for fantasy? And if Trevor Lawrence sucks like you think, he might be he might be dumping down a lot, checking down a lot. Boom, right to Evan Ingram. Ryan, um, what is his fantasy viability for this year? Where would you be willing to take him? Where is he going to finish? In tight end rankings? Yep. Um, I'll put him right at 10. Smack dab at 10. Oh, that's your second shit take on the night because he's not even going to be the starting tight end for the Jaguars by the end of the year. It's going to be Dan Arnold, who actually has a repertoire already it's, with Trevor Lawrence. So, first no. of all, my first shit take, you then ended up agreeing with me on. So that doesn't count. No, I didn't end up agreeing on it. You just went too far with it. No, yes, you did. I said that Robert Woods would probably get the would be wide receiver one. No, 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 no. You're trying to go full circle with this. Until you, didn't, you, didn't answer, you didn't answer the question about Trey. You didn't answer the question about Traylon Burks. You gave this little middling answer no, I as a safe answer. And didn't say if Traylon Burks was going to be viable. I said in the second half of the over, season. In, in that the wasn't the question. It was: are, Is he going to be viable for AJ Brown's stat lines? And then after the entire I said season, that, not over the second half of the season. After I said that, you're, if we could do a replay right now, and then you agreed with me after. And Evan Ingram, like his one good year, he actually finished like tight end thirteen, so I'm not that far off. He's got the most concrete hands I've ever seen. It, it doesn't matter what your athletic oh. prowess is if you can't catch the damn ball. And he just sits there, lets it come to his hands, and they hit the ground. Evan Ingram isn't even going to be the starting tight end halfway through the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's going to be Dan Arnold, and potentially Dan Arnold could be viable for the Jacksonville Jaguars because we saw even in Trevor Lawrence's shitty rookie season, Dan Arnold is viable. What's he Evan Ingram's middle likes name? Dan Trevor? Arnold. I think you have some against Trevor's. Evan Concrete Ingram's. That's his name. <laughs> no, he is absolutely not viable for fantasy football this year, and you don't want to completely avoid him because he's not going to be the viable one. For him this year. All right, let's go back to Fabian. Fabian's got another comment. He says, "How does he? How do you feel about Matt Metcalf? Should I drop him? Absolutely fucking not, Fabian. Metcalf is a great wide receiver, even with potentially Drew Lock or Geno Smith throwing him the ball. Don't do that. No, that is a really bad idea. Please do not drop him. Ryan, anything else you'd like to say to the heckling fandom or cover anything that I've told you tonight? Because you seem to have taken offense to some of the things I've said. Listen, you." Firstly, I would just like to point out that my first crap take you ended up agreeing with. And no, no, no. I gave you a shit take because you didn't answer the question. You gave a middle like, eh, he'll totally be all right. Question. You did totally not right. answer the question. And then and then I think you are off your rocker, not even putting Trevor Lawrence as QB2. That is just look for him to finish in. That range of 25 to 32 and have another disappointing season for fantasy owners that have him. Well, listen, I'm glad, isn't it funny that in our league, you have him. I'm, I'm glad that we, we had some disagreements on the show. It makes it fun. Um, and we, we, managed, we managed to make this division interesting and exciting since they haven't been able to do it in the last, like, five years. So. Maybe they'll actually it'll be a little bit more exciting this year. <laughs> And I'm glad we're done with this division now. 
Yes. All right, guys. If you like what you hear from Garbage Time Fantasy Football, please make sure you like and subscribe to the show. We would love to hit that formula on YouTube and make this famous for the heckling fandom. If you're shy and don't want to see these ugly mugs on your screen and don't want to leave comments live on the show, you can listen to us in audio formats. You can do that on Google, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, now Pandora. And if you want to scream at us and we'll play live in the show, you can do that at www.garbagetimeff.com. And we're more than happy to get back to you on that and debate with you if it's actually something that's worth playing. I believe Fabian's got something else he's got for us before we get out of here. He's sneaking another one in. Robert Woods, the number one guy for the Titans. Yes, he's Fabian. He's going to argue again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I see what he's doing here. Yes, Robert Woods is the number one guy in the Titans, and we saw him as wide receiver, too, for the upcoming season. Uh, where was I? Yeah, so, again, if you like what you hear, leave voicemails on our website. And... If you want to leave us messages and questions too, you can do it down in our videos below. We're very interactive on the pages here on YouTube and we will get back to you. Or you can tweet us at garbage underscore time FF and we'll get back to you or troll us on there. That's fine too. You can also troll us and watch sample clips on garbage time fantasy football on Instagram. So guys, we'd love to hear from you again, join the heckling fandom and join us for some more divisional breakdowns over the next few weeks. And maybe Ryan's bull takes will be in next week, and maybe one of them will involve Trevor Lawrence. No, Ryan. Hey, I I will go. I will go in on my Derrick Henry tape, my Trevor Lawrence tape, my. my yeah, I've already helped you make two of them. I'm signing myself up for a bunch of commitments. I, oh man, that's going to be interesting when we uh, get some of the other guys in the show. Wait till it's stupid in December. One of us is that's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. Bye.